Welcome to The Worst Writer in the World, a podcast in which we read stories to you. This is the second episode of Gret Binchley from The Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs, which includes Chapter 3 by Howard and Chapter 4 by Rufus, that's me. If you'd like to hear the other six Gret Binchleaf books we've written, plus several short stories, subscribe at patreon.com forward slash manbycow. Some of those books will always be exclusive to Patreon, while others will eventually be released for free on The Worst Writer in the World. But you're going to have to wait a really, really long time, and then they'll be episodic, so you'll have to wait even more. Much better to sign up now and be able to listen to it all immediately, as well as much, much more. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchley, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. I'm pretty thrilled. Are you indeed? <laughs> uh, Are you prepared for a steep decline in quality? <laughs> no, I'm expecting a, a sudden upswing. No, I mean, because I mean, you heard my first chapter. It and was great. That, that had um, the benefit of, of at least three months of thought behind it. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas this this whole six days is not <laughs> not quite as great. Also, coupled with the fact that I woke up at about ten past five this morning and thought yeah. I've got to change it. <laughs> so, I've, I've I've sent it into insanity far too soon. <laughs> really? And I went through. I was like, that's just too. And I realised that, that that actually it wasn't too difficult a fix for me to just yank out a bunch of stuff and make some changes. And right. And um, unfortunately, what that means is that my, my episode doesn't actually mean anything at all. <laughs> it doesn't drive the plot forward. <laughs> yeah. It that's completely. Okay. Well, it's only chapter may, three. It, maybe it does. I don't know. It does some pretty weird stuff, I suppose. Okay. Well, it's gonna it's gonna add information, isn't it? Uh, whatever else. Yeah. It's gotta it's gotta give us something. It gives you, yeah. Probably give you <laughs> probably give you a list of um, Gretism style jokes. <laughs> okay. And that'll be it. That's good. Do we need to know anything else before we start? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, the, the, um, I'd like to say that the reason there was mad stuff in it was entirely your fault. <laughs> the stuff you'd you'd laid in in the previous episode. My which made was me really write normal. Some, which made me write some completely um, far down the line stuff. All my episode did was have him meet a woman and then go downstairs in a lift. There's nothing mad about that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, me and lifts. <laughs> I've got a long history of watching Doctor Who and everyone knows that if you go down a lift that um, the Daleks are down there. Oh, God. Or the Cylons, if you're watching Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, originally in the chapter they went down there and it was, it was, it was everyone was operated by Dark... No, that's not what happened at all. It was a everyone was operated by, by Daleks. Daleks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is weird, right? There's other people with a Dalek inside them. It's really weird because it's really difficult for the Daleks to use the strings because they don't yeah. have hands. And so... to fit in. Mm. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, no, they weren't wearing them. They oh, were operating okay. them like puppets. And okay. Gret just happened to look up and he sees all these Daleks floating above him. Yeah, what are those Daleks doing up there? <laughs> Hold on a second. What are these strings on my arm? <laughs> I'm a Dalek puppet. <laughs> cool. Well, um, well excited. Let's uh, let's go when you're ready. When you're ready. Okay. <clears throat> so obviously the thing I'm looking forward to most is the chapter title. Um. <laughs> I bet you are. You don't get that first. We get the plot so far first, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. How exciting. Yeah. So Not that exciting. Uh, one of the last things I did. <laughs> the plot so far. When his one and only love is crabducted, titular hero Gret Binchleaf, who is 1% yula hero and 99% tit, immediately <laughs> makes plans to escape. 
but his plans are interrupted when the crabductors return and start eating everybody in the vicinity in some kind of payback for years of turning them into sticks, probably. What? Turning them into sticks? Crab sticks. Oh, OK, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And eating them, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With no other option available, he takes up a junior position as assistant to famous gumshoe and ghost impersonator Susan Cheesenabag. <laughs> yeah, I forgot her name. <laughs> <laughs> Together, they take a ride in a hidden lift to her secret bunker. And for once, my friends, that is not a euphemism. <laughs> what awaits Gret in that underground lair? Will there be crisps? Find out this very now on Gret Benchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted... Ab- <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Gret Vinchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs. Yeah. Okay. That sounds quite exciting. I'm going to listen to chapter two. That sounds good. <laughs> chapter three. Gret off my lawn. <laughs> how many uh, How many options did you go through before settling on that? Or was that the first one you thought of? I'd got, I'd got um, a bunch written down. Yeah. Um, that probably was one of the. I think that was the first one I wrote down, yeah. and then I just thought, "Yeah, I love that one." <laughs> it's got nothing to do with anything. <laughs> the, I mean, I was very close to choosing one that had nothing to do with anything <laughs> for the for chapter yeah. two, and it was only at the last minute, and only because I thought you'd find "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" funny mm. that I chose that, and then it had a bit of a link. But the one I, the, well, the three that I had planned yeah. originally had nothing to do with anything okay. whatsoever, and I didn't care. <laughs> So expect that from chapter four. I think so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine to kind of like try and make sense for at least a chapter. Mm. But well, that's um, all you can expect. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did try and trim back the yeah. uh, excess of this particular chapter. <laughs> I may have failed. <laughs> so, okay. I have failed. <laughs> it's only chapter three. And I bet we're going to go to a parallel universe. <laughs> it's your answer to everything. Gret looked at the parallel universe. <laughs> Gret looked at the parallel universe. That's a parallel universe, (laughs) he said, said, stepping into it. Okay. Okay, let's go. Gret gazed about the enormous pyramidal chamber with his face eyes. All around him, furnaces were firing up, and thousands of gigantic ice cubes were beginning to melt. (laughs) Within the frozen blocks, supersized cephalopods began to wake, clacking their giant beaks in hunger after 5,000 years of sleep. (laughs) He's still in the first paragraph. Yeah, it's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But, my friends, it wasn't the massive octopuses stored in readiness to engage their natural prey in battle that had caused Gret's gratuitous swear doing. (laughs) No, it was the ginormous statue there in the centre of it all, towering high above everything, an ancient Egyptian sculpture with the phrase, the zip was sacred, carved into the base. That statue, proclaimed Gret. Yes, replied Susan. She was Scottish, right? <laughs> yes, she okay. was, yeah. Yes, replied Susan. Does it remind you of anyone? How could it? I've got a sheet over my head. <laughs> Why, does it remind you of anyone? It did. And as Gret stared at the statue, the scabby-lipped statue seemed to stare right back. <laughs> The sun set over the Sphinx's back, the last of its rays dancing erratically on the Nile, like the stragglers at a wedding party for people exclusively called Ray. There were stinky camels, slaves getting whipped, and the milk came from asses here, but nobody seemed to take issue with this. It was 3500 BC, probably, or something, whenever ancient Egypt was, basically. Whatever, it was hot, stupid, and rubbish, thought Greta Titi. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I particularly like it was hot, stupid and rubbish. That's that's my favourite line so far. Uh, based on experience of, of other countries there. <laughs> using using research methods yeah. there. Greta Titi was an enigma. <laughs> I'm glad that you find that name amusing. Yes, yeah, good. Greta Titi <laughs> was an enigma, even to himself. He didn't know how he'd gotten here. He couldn't remember where he came from, and he had no idea who he was. Ooh. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he had washed up on the banks of the Nile four years since, totally naked and unencumbered, save for the bump to his head and a cryptic message scrawled hastily on his palm. On being found by soldiers, he had been dragged into Giza's main triangle, that's definitely what they had, <laughs> and publicly mocked for his nudity. Whereupon, so embarrassed was Greta Titi by his naked flabby body that without thinking, he scrunched up his face, made an mm sound and grew himself a robe. <laughs> I took that to be canon because it was in the first episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. The people gasped. The people bowed down to worship. The people, at serious risk of damaging their backs, raised him on high. Greta Titi was proclaimed a god. There were obvious pros to being a god in ancient Egypt. He was given all the food he could eat, pies didn't exist, <laughs> and he could have as many wives as he desired, which turned out to be handy, as they all kept dying under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> Good. The con to being a god was that people always wanted to know what he thought. And then, of course, one thought was never enough. No sooner had he told them what he'd thought, that they'd want to know a thing he also thought. And to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, he didn't think much at all. <laughs> Good. But thinking things aside, Greta Titi, the god of free clothes and sometimes hats, didn't have it too bad. All in all, he could have suffered Egypt well enough with its interminable heat and its weird bum milk. If it weren't... <laughs> I got you again. That was the line I thought you'd like best. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got the word I mean, bum in it. Yeah, no. I think, I mean, I like it a lot, but I think um, hot, stupid and rubbish is still okay, my, my right, favourite so far. Oh, well. Uh. <laughs> so completely undescriptive of anything. It was it was stupid. <laughs> what's Egypt like? Oh, it's hot, stupid, and rubbish. Now, all right, but what's it like? <laughs> all in all, he could have suffered Egypt well enough with its interminable heat and its weird bum milk. If it weren't for his arch enemy, or as he liked to call him, his arch any you, and did. <laughs> I could suffer the heat and bum milk if it weren't for my arch any you. <laughs> Good. This is like this is great. It's like a list of insects. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Inuku hated Greta Titi. It's <laughs> a confusing sentence. Yeah. Before he came along, Inuku, the god of making crabs go big, <laughs> had god. been had been the cool god on the block. But now almost nobody wanted him to make crabs go big. <laughs> they were always too busy going to the temple of Greta Titi for discount footwear to come and watch him make crabs go big. <laughs> I really enjoyed the repetition of cheese in a bag last week and yeah. I think that, um, that just saying things over and over again is, uh, is a key. Yeah. <laughs> Inuku wanted revenge, but since Greta Titi was a god and immortal, Inuku had settled on killing Greta Titi's wife instead. Unfortunately, this had turned out to be an endless task. 
Although, <laughs> given he had nothing better to do with his time, now that the novelty of crabs going big had worn off, Inuku vowed to kill every single one of them, no matter how long it took, <laughs> even if it took a lifetime, i.e. forever, which it would. <laughs> Good. Inuku was a sad yet fresh-looking fellow. He was entirely red, with the body of an orc and the head of a sunfish. Uh, the bird, not, 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 a, not an orc from Tolkien or anything okay. like that. Which meant, when he went for a fly, he had to do so with a bucket of water on his head. And because of his redness, he never knew if he'd been sunburned. Still, flying had its advantages. Greta Titi's 49th wife, Fred, was walking home cautiously when a camel fell on her head. Arthur Pasdy, the wise, kind high priestess, hurried to deliver the terrible news. She bounded down the temple corridors towards her god's chamber. God looked up as a gorgeous pair of titties bounced into the room. Come here, you pair of beauties, he said. As Arthur entered seconds later, she found God kissing a pair of titties. <laughs> Namely, Grabatitty, his boy, <laughs> age three, and Chastity, his little girl, age two. What was the first one called? Grabatitty. <laughs> Greta Titty loved kids. Okay. I've slightly changed his name there for the purposes of this. You may go, he told them, now they'd served their purpose. And he gave them each a bottle and sent them on their way. The pair of titties bounced out of the room, spilling milk as they went. Oh, dear. You can cut that line. <laughs> no, no, that's got to stay, especially for the embarrassment in your voice. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was on the verge of getting cut so often, I thought it's just gone too far. <laughs> Greta Titi recognised Arthur's solemn face immediately. Shit snorkelling, said Greta Titi. Not another one. I'm afraid so, almighty oh one, she said in an equally solemn voice. That's the third this week. So back, um, back in gone. Egypt, the, all the wives just have regular man names. Yeah. So they, like, they haven't developed yeah. to have the kind of combination names of the future. Yeah. They're just called Fred and Arthur. Exactly. Okay. I think that's is, how... that, is that historically true? Yes. In, in Egypt, women had like modern English man names. Yes. Well, no, well, man names that were popular in the early part of the 20th century in England. Yeah. Like Fred and Arthur. I think maybe he names them. <laughs> maybe he names all the people. Because okay. he's God. That's the third this week. Perhaps you might want to figure out who did it now. Damn it, Arthur. I'm a god of free clothes and sometimes hats. I'm not a detective, said Greta Titi. <laughs> no, I'll just have to get married again and hope it works out this time. Are you married, Arthur? I'm married to my religion. Here, aren't I your religion? <laughs> um, yes, but... She needed to think quickly if she was going to get out of this one. But, um, I'm half pie on my mother's side. <laughs> Greta, Greta Titi gasped and stepped back, gazing fretfully at Arthur Pasty. But it skips a generation, continued Arthur. I'm safe, but if we ever had chidlings, there would be a distinct possibility that one of them would be a pie. <laughs> I see, said Greta Titi, not seeing. <laughs> well, just don't come too close. Yes, Almighty One. Has his godliness considered not getting married? <laughs> Interesting thought, Arthur. But no... A man needs to empty his bean can. A man needs a plate with an egg on that he can place a sausage next to. And, you know, stick a fork in his spicy wedges. Her guard often spoke in this strange tongue with these cryptic wordings. In fact, he'd arrived that fateful day with one such message scrawled upon his palm. Many philosophers and magic men, even the legendary Sir Trimble, had tried and failed to reveal its hidden meaning. Since then, the message had been carved into the base of the mighty statue of Greta Titi, which sat this very now in the centre of the temple. He looked at it. Damn those indecipherable glyphs, said Greta Titi, barely. If you're going to go to the trouble of making a glyph, it can at least be a decipherable glyph. 
What the drill master's ball sack can it mean? If only he could remember his past. Forget the statue, said Susan Cheese in a bag, and saddle up an octopus. Gret stared at the statue. The words, the zip, was sacred floating before his eyes. Gret, hello, are you there? said Susan. Hold on a minute. I'm detecting. The zip was sacred. Of course. It's right in front of my eyes. Literally. It's an anagram. Uh, oh, no, hold on. There's only one S in the space wizard. Um, the spaces wizard? <laughs> no, he's T space wizard. <laughs> Gret, we haven't got time for this. We need to ride the cephalopods to victory, said Susan haughtily. Just a sec, I'm getting some detection. The wizard's capes. No, uh, cheapest wizards. <laughs> no, no, I've got it. That's it. His days is wet crap. <laughs> hey, I'm the detective, yelled Susan at the end of her tether, which is easier to spot if you're wearing a sheet. Me, not you. Do you hear me, Binchleaf? You're just a silly fat man with a fear of pies, poor hygiene and scabby lips. And then Gret had a proper detect. <laughs> he thought back over his short life. He remembered the time he'd been involved with that murder investigation in high school, and that one time he'd bust that Dickensian fraud ring in college, and the time he'd made a civilian's arrest in nursery school when he caught the caretaker taking more than care. Cakes, to be precise, which, even though they're only one letter out, doesn't make it acceptable. And then there was that business of infanticide in the infirmary when six babies who all looked exactly like him had been murdered, and he'd written all those books about being a detective, and there was the time he proved the Loch Ness Monster was the ghost of a dinosaur. But he'd never for a moment considered he could do detecting for a living. Until now. Here, hold on a horse wrangling second. How do you know I have scabby lips, he said. Um, because, uh... Gret reached out and yanked the sheet off of Susan cheese in a bag. Crap him, duck bummers, said Gret. It's you. If Susan Cheese in a Bag isn't Susan Cheese in a Bag, is she Sandra Ham on a Box? And if not, who the devil is she? And will the fact that Susan Cheese in a Bag is an anagram of she's an abacus genie have any bearing on events? Is Greta Titi just regular Gret with memory loss and time travel capabilities, or is he some other kind of Gret? And really, what's going on with those crabs then? Find out in the next silver-plated instalment of Gret Benchleaf and the adventure of the women being abducted by crabs. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchley, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. The plot so far. Gret Binchleaf is working with world-renowned consulting detective Susan Cheesinabag, investigating the case of Susan's sister, Jimberly, who got abducted by a crab, probably. Gret has discovered several things. One, Susan Cheesinabag always wears a sheet on her head, ostensibly to hide from her would-be crab ductors. Two, the Smythe family has a big cave under their house which contains giant frozen cephalopods and a great big statue of Gret with the words, the zip was sacred inscribed at its base. Three, nothing else. <laughs> it also turned out that in ancient Egypt there had been a god called Greta Titi who could grow clothes and was scared of pies and so may well have been Gret Binchleaf but we don't know for sure because he'd lost his memory. Unfortunately for Gret, he doesn't know any of this because it was a narrative flashback that he wasn't party to. And finally, as Susan hassled him to stop staring at the statue of himself and do something, Gret realised that something is proper amiss. Mm. That's true. Nothing happened last episode. <laughs> Apart from he pulled a sheet off a person. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. All right, so Gret Binchley from The Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs, Chapter 4, with Gret Power Comes Gret Responsibility. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm the detective, yelled Susan, her voice distorted with frustration. Me, not you. Do you hear me, Binchleaf? You're just a silly fat man with a fear of pies, poor hygiene and scabby lips. Here, hold on a horse-wrangling second. How do you know I have scabby lips? Um, because... Um, Gret reached out and yanked the sheet off of Susan Cheese in a bag. Crapping duck bummers, said Gret. It's you. I mean, me. You're me. Gret was surprised to find himself. And not in a groovy spiritual way where you find yourself by going to the desert and drinking loads of drugs with some hippies. But in an actual literal way where you find yourself by pulling a sheet off someone's head and finding yourself underneath. (laughs) I knew it, Gret exclaimed. I knew I recognised you. You're me, but with less gravy on. Gret, what on earth are you doing? Gret was surprised to see Susan cheese in a bag, with her sheets still on, standing a few feet away from them and tilting her head in an irritated manner. It was a trick, Gret realised with his voice. Hey, why did you pretend to be Susan cheese in a bag? I thought this would go smoother if you didn't realise I was you. And I know you trust Susan because I remember being you and listening to everything that sheet-wearing idiot said. Gret, who are you talking to? Um, uh, well, Susan Cheese in a Bag, I'd like to introduce you to myself. <laughs> His future self, explained future Gret, with less gravy on. Especially enjoying the uh, the um, the two different Gret voices. Yeah, I've practised that. Hardcore, this is. <laughs> I've practised that for ages. <laughs> yeah. Um... His future self, explained future Gret, with less gravy on. Gret, are you sure you're not just looking in a mirror? Asked Susan, giving Gret a valuable insight into just how little respect she had for his intelligence. (laughs) Hey, I just totally detected on my own that it wasn't you under that sheet. Yes, well done. You worked it out by the fact that I'd suddenly gotten 80 kilograms heavier and nine inches taller and I had a man's voice. And because I'd been standing over there the whole time in plain view. <laughs> I should have worn my Cyber Hitler outfit, said Future Gret. You'd never have guessed it was me then. Look, can you tell me what it is you want and then leave, please? Said Regular Gret, who was finding it difficult to keep up with who was talking, even though he was one of the people doing the talking, and that should have made it easier. He could only imagine how hard it must be for Susan Cheese in a Bag, or anyone else who could hear the two Grets, but for some reason not see them. I've come to tell you how to get into the statue, explained Future Gret. I know you're too stupid to work it out for yourself, so I thought I'd better time travel back and help you. Gret was so confused that his socks changed colour. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I yeah. thought if he grows his clothes, he should also have certain chameleonic properties On, yes, whereby definitely. his mood changes so do the colour of his clothes, you see. There's a doorway in the groin, future Gret continued. You climb up a ladder on the left leg and go in through the fly. That's why it says the zip was sacred at the base. It's a clue. Ah. Oh. Not a very bleeding good clue, complained now Gret. Why sacred? Why doesn't it say the zip is the entrance? It's also an anagram, Future Gret explained. Well, I guessed that, but an anagram of what? I can't work it out. I I thought it might be the space wizard, you know, because that's what I am and it's a statue of me. But it's got two S's in it. Is it the space (laughs) swizzard? In the future, am I going to become a (laughs) swizzard? Future Gret threw his head back and laughed. Then he went and picked up his head and screwed it back on. <laughs> I can't believe I used to be you, he said. You're such a melon, Gret. A useless great sweaty slab of cheese who can't even grow clothes properly. 
Gret might have argued, but since he was standing there wearing only a pair of white pants, socks and trousers on his head, <laughs> he figured maybe future Gret had him on this one. Right, I'm off, said future Gret, reaching into his pockets and pulling a strange handheld device from one and a live mole from the other. <laughs> wait, wait, have you got any advice for me from the future? Yeah, I'll tell you what I think, said future Gret. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then there's no point telling me it's a house. I can see it's not a house, you fucking idiot. It's quacking. Future Gret looked over at Susan Cheese in a bag and nodded conspiratorially. I also think you should watch out for that woman. Why? said regular Gret. She's an abacus genie, Future Gret replied. (laughs) Then plunged the pointy bits on his device into the mole's eyes and vanished. bleeding flip heck is that they were standing in a hollowed out chamber in the giant statue's pelvis with all like carpets on the walls and plinths hanging about and stuff but it wasn't the carpets that had surprised gret uh... gret wasn't usually surprised by carpets <laughs> even when they were on the walls which if you think about it is a pretty stupid place for a carpet to be what gret was pointing at with his stubby finger was the three statues at the far end of the pelvis chamber Statues of two men and a woman, all five metres tall, seated in ornate thrones and wearing pointy, wide-brimmed hats with stars on them. Oh! Wonderful. More statues. Who builds statues inside a statue? That's like having a bread sandwich or having a cupboard to keep your cupboards in. Who does that? It's fucking stupid. Well, said Susan, looking at Gret thoughtfully, isn't that what a house is? A big cupboard for your cupboards? (laughs) We are not statues, said a loud, booming voice. We have been waiting here for five and a half thousand years, and we got quite dusty. The statues were smiling at them, and talking to them, and one of them had said they weren't statues. They're not statues, Gret detected. (laughs) Welcome home, Greta Titi, said the slightly taller not-statue in the middle. We are your servants, your followers, your friends. We are... The Space Wizards. Yeah! All played by Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) No, only one of them. Wizards, mumbled Gret. That's what the second S was for. Great big dangly man bollocks. This detecting lark is harder than it looks. Almighty Space Wizards, said Susan, cheese in a bag. (laughs) Can you help us defeat the giant crabs? That is why we are here. That is why we have sat in wait for five and a half thousand years. That is why I haven't had any feeling in my ass since the Byzantine era. We are here to help you, oh divine Greta Titi. Uh, it's just Gret, actually, Gret told the space wizard. I was found in the lost luggage office at Gretna Green. <laughs> Yay! Which is why my middle name is Nagreen. <laughs> Can you help bring my sister back? Susan interrupted. Slow down, girlfriend, said the main space wizard. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Inappropriate terminology for <laughs> yeah. a space wizard. Good. Slow down, girlfriend, said the, <laughs> said the main space wizard. We have awaited this moment for five and a half millennia. At least let us have a celebration before you start getting all heavy and on our case and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Greta Titi, have a drink with us. We have 3,000 year old whiskey and this. The space wizard pointed at something on a plinth not far from his chair. What is it? asked Gret. Well, said the woman space wizard, it used to be cheesecake, but it's so old now I think it's turned back into regular cheese. 
We know you like whiskey grits and really old, stinky cheese. Why are you so interested in me? Gret asked. You are our master, Greta Titi, the god of free clothes and sometimes hats. You told us to wait here for you, and now you have returned. What? I've never met you before. We have been watching over you since you were born. We were there in the infirmary, and it was we who granted you your superpower. Yes. <laughs> what superpower? asked Susan. We gave powers to Gret and seven others. We wanted to create a superhero team to defend against the crabs. One could fly. One could go invisible. One had a really big hammer and came from space. (laughs) (laughs) I've been laughing about that set flight for days. Uh, One had a really big hammer and came from space. (laughs) That is a good power. (laughs) I knew I wasn't going to be able to get through that one. So it's good. One had a really big hammer and came from space. And you, Gret Binchleaf, you could grow clothes. We ran out of ideas after the first seven and thought we could save money on superhero costumes. So, oh, so there's seven plus him. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got to fight him all in the next episode, has he? Yeah. No. Carry on. <laughs> Those other six babies that all looked like me, were they my brothers? All babies look the same, Gret, said the woman wizard. They were just regular babies. (laughs) But they all died. Yes. (laughs) They were murdered by Inuku, the god of making crabs go big. (laughs) (laughs) Only two survived. You, Greta Titi, the god of free clothes and sometimes hats, and a little orphan girl called Jimbley, who had shape-shifting powers. (gasps) Hang on, what? said Susan. My sister was a shapeshifter. Well, that explains why she always won at hide-and-seek. And how she managed to turn into a chair that time. <laughs> <laughs> but why does the god of making crabs go big want to kill a bunch of babies? Inuku has hated Gret Binchley for thousands of years, so he tried to kill him as a baby. But he didn't know which one was Gret because all babies look the same. So he killed all those with godlike powers. Then why am I still alive? asked Gret. He didn't bother with the rubbish one. <laughs> and Jimberly? asked Susan. He also didn't bother killing the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> the space was explained. <laughs> you can't really blame him for that. No, <laughs> no one kills chairs. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. But hang on. Oh no, it's not wrong. Wrong character. But, <laughs> there's too many characters in this. <laughs> one, great. This is Gret. But hang on. But hang on. I thought you said Gret was a god of free clothes, said Susan. And sometimes hats, yes. So why would Inuku leave the only baby who could grow clothes? That's a dead giveaway. Because Inuku is an idiot. He's the god of making crabs go big. <laughs> <laughs> so amused by that idea. He's the god of making crabs go big. (laughs) It is a useless power. (laughs) No one needs big crabs. (laughs) In fact, what most people need is a lack of big crabs. And Gret is only learning to grow clothes now. He couldn't do it as a baby. Look at him. He can barely do it now. (laughs) He has trousers coming out of his head. The space wizards laughed. Gret didn't like being laughed at by space. 
The space wizards laughed. Gret didn't like being laughed at by space wizards. <laughs> All regular wizards. <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, a little competition myself to see how many times I could use the word regular in this chapter. I think I did quite well. Uh, the space wizards laughed. Gret didn't like being laughed at by space wizards. All regular wizards. He didn't like being laughed at by anyone, which was unfortunate as it happened almost every day. Hey, said Gret, who, given enough time, would notice stuff. Why hasn't that third space wizard said anything? Mm. Oh, he died 400 years ago. Of brain scabies, or maybe it was bum lurgy, or maybe I shot him. He does have a big hole in his face, said Susan, the world-class consulting detective. I must have shot him then. I don't remember why. They got into an argument, the woman wizard explained, because space wizard Steve wanted to play with my wigwams. But I said no, because my wigwams are for decoration only, not for playing with. Then, one night, we woke up and caught him building a fire in front of one and pretending to be a Native American chief. Yes, and he was being kind of racist about it. And there's no need for that man, like, take a chill pill, dude. So I shot him. Look, I'm really enjoying listening to you two ram on about crap for hours on end, but do you think we could get to the point? It's been about an hour since I ate anything and I'm starting to feel quite woozy. Either tell me what I need to know or cover yourselves in ketchup and lie down between two slices of bread. Gret's got a chob on for some man sandwich. (laughs) You said you could help us defeat the crabs, said Susan, somewhat more helpfully. We can help you defeat the crabs with knowledge. Or with a big anti-crab gun? (laughs) No, knowledge. (laughs) We will give you the memories of Greta Titi, he who is your future but our past. We can pour all his memories in your head using our brain funnel. It will be as if you had lived his life. How is that going to help me? Greta Titi uncovered the secret of how to defeat the army of ten million crabs. (laughs) (laughs) If you have his memories, then you will know too. Hang on, when did it become ten million crabs? Didn't it start as one crab? (laughs) However, there is a price for these memories. When, finally, you travel back to Egypt to become the majestic Greta Titi, the god of free clothes and sometimes hats, all your memories will be erased. All of them? Yes. You will remember nothing. You will not even know your own name. And it will be by coincidence alone that people call you Greta Titi Binchra. (laughs) Gret considered the space wizard's offer for a picosecond. No, he said. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. I think I'll just go home and eat some chips. <laughs> there are no chips, Gret. There are no chips left. You ate all the chips. <laughs> Gret had forgotten that he ate all the chips. <laughs> it was a shame that no one would ever be able to eat chips again because Gret had eaten all the chips. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but you said that in chapter I do one. Remember. Yeah, I thought, and I, I thought that was real. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's canon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. say it, it's true. Um, okay, it's Gret had eaten all the chips. Please, Gret, said Susan, cheese in a bag. <laughs> we need the knowledge to get my sister back. No, I don't think it's my cup of tea. And me, Gret, you'll be saving my life too. Look, I'd like to and everything, but I've got to post a letter. And I promised my neighbour I'd help him lift a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Gret. If you follow this path, one day you will travel back to ancient Egypt and become a god. I don't want to go to Egypt. I've heard about Egypt. It sounds hot, stupid and rubbish. But if you travel back in time, it will be to a period before you ate all the chips and you'll be able to eat chips again. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) 
Grit agreed emphatically, and before he could change his mind, or suspect that there might not be that many chip shops in ancient Egypt, the space wizard pressed a button on his big chair, and Gret's mind exploded like a bag of crisps in a spaceship. Gret, said a voice, calling to him through the sand, through the shimmering heat, through the stupid and rubbish. Gret, <laughs> are you okay? What? Where am I? Is that you, Chastity? What happened? You fell over again. It's like the fourth time since I met you, and that was only 20 minutes ago. The chamber. We're in the underground chamber. In the statue. My statue that I had the slaves build. Slaves? Um, volunteers, you know. <laughs> Worshippers. Shut up, it was a long time ago. Everyone was doing it. <laughs> what about the crabs? Do you remember how to defeat the army of 12 million crabs? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. That's easy, but it's not important right now. Yes, it is. One of those crabs just ate my family and all my friends. The crabs are going to have to wait, Susan. Before we do anything about that, we've got to go and save the only woman I ever truly loved. My sister. No, not your bleeding sister. I mean, I liked her and everything, and it was fun doing saucy splodge time with her, but to be honest, I was quite relieved when she disappeared. I never know what to say to people after I've bummed them. (laughs) Gret (laughs) Gret picked himself up off the floor. Gret, where are we going? And who do we have to save? Asked Susan, following him like she'd finally accepted that she was the sidekick. We're going to the British Museum, Gret explained, and we're going to save Arthur Pasty. Listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. You're great. So good. But you know what would make you even better? Yes, um, um, like a wooden leg so you can like use it if you get stuck in sea and a shark wants you. I've not understood. I've not understood why pirates have them, but I always figure that pirates have wooden legs in case like they're stuck. It may be associated with shark events, but I think you've got it the wrong way around, that they get the wooden leg in case of sharks rather than because of sharks. Yeah. <laughs> As a result of shark attacks, not I'll cut my own leg off with a, yeah. with a saw, replace it with a bit of wood because that'll that'll come in handy for beating a shark yeah. if I ever get attacked by one. Yes, that is my understanding. Well, it might be half true. Maybe, maybe mm. like pirates get their leg bitten off by a shark. Yep, and then they're like, "Well, I need to replace it, but I might as well basically replace it with a kosh." Yes, <laughs> I replace it with a baton because if this happens again to my other leg, I'll be ready with a weapon. To attack that shark. It's brilliant. I could believe that. I do believe that. Anyway, what I was going to say was people should join the secret gang on Patreon. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> not on this ship about <laughs> sharks, which is not helping anyone. It really isn't, is it? It's really distracting. People have probably stopped listening, turned off, and they're never going to hear this. Yeah, yeah, to- totally turned off by now. But if you are still here, then you're the kind of person who belongs in the secret gang. <laughs> because listening to us talk is one of the many benefits you get from it, as well as many more Gret Binchleaf stories. Wow. The Secret Gang podcast, Ooh. exclusive to Patreon, now over 100 episodes of it. Lovely. Videos. 
Rufus, uh, Man by Cow episodes. Rufus, this all sounds it just, I can't great. even tell you how much there is. How, yeah, we're talking about how much. I mean, how much do, will it cost me to join your secret gang? Well, you can join for $2 a month. What's, what's that in English? It's about £2, actually, for some reason, the way Patreon works it out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite understand why, but I think it, it is basically £2 mm. or $2 if you are in any country that makes sense for. It will also charge you in your local currency, so you don't have to worry about that. You go to the website and it says, it's this much in your currency, and it works it out for you. Uh, but yeah, join at the lowest tier and check it out, because you get loads even there. Do even you? on the lowest tier, you get an absolute ton of stuff, yeah. So you can check it out, see if you're into it. And if you like it there, stay there. If you don't like it, go away. If you like more, you can upgrade and get lots and lots more stuff. Mm. And it's all great. And, of course, it makes us happy. Yeah, yeah, that's money, isn't it? Money that's makes nice things, that's, that's, uh, Money is the root of all happiness, as they say. And um, when you <laughs> give us your money, it makes us happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd say pe- being able to pay me rent is the root of all happiness. Or <laughs> having food, having food is <laughs> is the source of all happiness. Yeah, <laughs> they say that money can't buy you love, but they're lying. I mean, you won't get much for two two pounds, obviously. Um, maybe a quick off the wrist. Yeah. Also, I don't want your money to buy love. I wanted to buy some potatoes, mm. and they don't, no one says money can't buy potatoes. Yeah, that's not a famous. <laughs> I just want some. That's dinner. not a Beatles song. <laughs> I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me potatoes. Is not a Beatles song. And if you think it is, because because it would have been really immediately demonstrably untrue at the time. I mean, oh yeah, in that country and at that time, like people would have been like, right, I I quite like these Beatles with their first couple of songs, Mm. but this one's terrible. Mm. Money can't buy me potatoes. So incredibly obviously untrue. Yeah. I just bought potatoes. I was buying potatoes when I heard the song in the shop. That's how wrong this is. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you want to help me buy potatoes mm. for me for me dinner, yeah. then join the secret gang for two dollars. Uh no commitment. It's fun. You get loads of brilliant stuff and also support my potato habit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye, Milk. Goodbye, Milk. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer.